Welcome to another edition of Keg Jams, uh, presented by Tapping the Keg Sports. I'm here, Charlie, back with you again with another guest. We are on a guest hot streak. Shay Ken is back in the mix. Uh, tell, talk to us about the NFL draft, uh, bar crawl etiquette, bar crawl do's and don'ts. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Bucks in game five. And then we might talk a little Brewers if there is time. Brother, what's happening? How you doing? Good. Um, you know, we were talking. I got a chance to kind of cool down a little bit today after um, after the game game four loss. Um, I don't. I don't know that. You know, I don't. I can't believe that you guys did a pod. Uh, I don't think I would have been able to do it. Um, it just. Yeah, we'll talk about it later, obviously. But um, I was not in a good place, and um, I, I had some irrational thoughts yesterday. Probably tossed them in the group chat, but. You know, uh, you know, sometimes a loss like that, I'll do do that to you. So that's kind but other of than that. Other than that, I'm I'm doing all right. That's good. I mean, that's kind of what group chats are for, though, right? I mean, you just throw shit in there and you just see what sticks. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you don't get an answer, and you're like, "Well, fuck me," right? Like that's kind of mm-hmm. just how it goes. So, uh, but yeah, it's it, it's all right. And you know, you got a busy weekend ahead of you, uh, highlighting the Marquette Senior uh, Bar Crawl. So why don't you tell people where you're going to be this weekend? Yeah, so hopefully the weather, I mean, it's supposed to be kind of shitty. It looks like rain um, on Saturday, but I think that's actually better um, for at least for the places that I'm at. Um, so I'll be at Brothers kicking it off 1 o'clock, 1.30, um, so about 4, 4.30, and then I'm at RWB uh, from 5 to 9. Um, and then I'll be at Sophie to cap off the end of the night, which is not part of the the bar crawl. Um, senior bar crawl for the most part is, uh, like third street and, uh, uh, water street bars. So, um, yeah, daytime should be good. Uh, I say that, I say that the weather part, cause you know, you, you know, Marquette and seniors and the weather warming up, it just screams like patio weather. Yeah, um, harp, and like the harps right? and the trinities would be packed, you know, if mm-hmm. if if the rain yep. doesn't hold off, and if it does, great for them. But I, I'm, you know, just more so for me because there isn't necessarily a patio, um, at either place. There is at RWB; it's in the back. But um, you know, you, you, then you got a little more people kind of piling into the bars. Um, I played Brothers last year, um, kind of unknowingly knowing what to expect. <laughs> um with uh with the bar crawl and it, it was it was slammed i think i i actually think i started way earlier um i think i started at like 11 or 12 that day so i was with trying, another guy luckily and so they're was, trying to kind of control the crowds maybe a little bit by starting a little later um yeah i don't, I don't even know i mean they still be, might be open they just it's probably just a slower slower, slower build. build with some of those um right. i remember so if, if if for those listening if they've ever been to brothers the big bar, everything for the most part um, is on the one side of the room and, you know, the DJs are in kind of the dance section, which is totally separate. And I remember looking over, I think I took a picture, I posted it, um, you know, going over to the other side because there wasn't a ton of people that were kind of filing into the mm-hmm. the dance side yet. Right. And I walked over there and the place was jam packed, <laughs> like 300, 400 people easily. Um, that's what's crazy about brothers is like you can fit that many people. Oh in there yeah, there's still plenty of space for it. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's you know it should be pretty busy. I don't I I never I can't tell you or I don't know, um, what the size of that bar crawl usually is. Um, I don't I don't even couldn't even tell you what the enrollment is in Marquette, but 
um you know there's there's definitely a few thousand out for sure that day and um yeah it's De just, it's definitely a, it's a definitely a good heads up though too for the people right if you're for some reason planning to go out early you you know you want to kind of get after it in the afternoon maybe maybe you stay on brady maybe you maybe you go and bayview maybe lower east side like maybe you stay away unless that's your thing unless you want to see shit shake up perform like you're like all right I've, I've heard the pot enough i'm in the area might go mm -hmm. check it out try to mix it up with the college people be like wooderson um go ahead like you know all all for it but yeah it's yeah. i mean that marathon day like that do you just do you just iv like red bulls and coffees and stuff like that or like what sort of i guess before and we'll get to the draft like what sort of your friday do you get to bed early and try to just like really get yourself right or like how how does that all work yeah um luckily it worked out this time where i, I don't have a gig friday uh, it's actually my wife and i's five-year anniversary oh that's right um yeah. so we're doing it we'll do a dinner and uh kind of you know kind of be a chill night it, it doesn't always happen that way a lot of times um i have a gig before that you know it's always a, a gig on friday night and then you kind of gear up for saturday for whatever crawl whether it's a crawl or or um you know new year's or whatever it is yeah. like anytime there's kind of those longer days i usually have one but it worked out nicely i don't have one and uh can kind of you know kind of be be fully rested for the day um i typically don't you know i, I try to stay away from stuff <laughs> drinking early you know and yeah. if i do you know if if it isn't you know earlier i i like to you know yeah i'll get a red bull in if, if i need it and kind of like slow build um definitely a lot of water throughout the day you know it, that's that's for everyone not just not just me like that should be we'll talk about the you know obviously later but like that should be um <laughs> on everyone's mind throughout the uh throughout the day just like grab a water no ice chug it whatever you gotta do just you know it's a long day you gotta stay hydrated and you gotta make sure you're not like you know out of there early so no, no, no question about it. And I and we can we can now head to the draft itself, which is on Thursday. And it I feel like has taken another level now with the Aaron Rodgers trade actually happening. Yeah. I think the conversations around the Packers, which have already started, are a little unnecessary. You had Adam Sheen saying they're gonna be the worst team in football, that nobody's scared of the Packers anymore from Richard Sherman. And First of all, I think there's a forgetfulness that Packers weren't very good last year. Like the mm -hmm. Packers weren't weren't a good football team. You don't want to say they're a Super Bowl contender. I'm okay with that. I probably agree with you. I, I mean, do I want them to get to Super Bowl? Yeah, for sure. But do I hope? I think best case scenario is Jordan Love has a uh, Jalen Hurts year one year where they make the playoffs, get some experience, gets what that feels like, and then the next year is kind of the overdrive year. I feel like that's yeah, I, what I would be best case scenario. And I don't think that's unreasonable to think it could happen. No, I think, you know, I, I don't, I, I feel like there's a lot of different expectations for love. Like I think a lot of people will expect him to, you know, have this upward trajectory very quickly and mm -hmm. um, be, you know, you know, not miss a beat really with, with Rogers um, and, and there was growing phase with Rogers after Favre too. And I think, yep. You, because it was so long ago it's hard for for people to kind of remember that but um to your point i think him playing a full year staying healthy um seeing 
what, you know, seeing the value and seeing uh, what he can be, um, you know, whether it's a, an, you know, eight and nine year or it's a, you know, 10 and seven year or whatever it is, um, at least be able to see the steps. Um, I will say, uh, you know, for a guy that sat as long as he did for, you know, almost five years, he should be cerebrally all there as far yeah. as the playbook, um, as far as, you know, checks and play calls, like he should be pretty up to speed on that, putting it on paper, excuse me. Well, yeah, put it on paper and, and putting it, you know, on the field and putting it all together is another thing. Physically, I think everybody knows he's, he's got the tools. Um, and so it's just going to be a matter of him, him really clicking everything together, but like there shouldn't be really a, a steep learning curve as far as play calls and, and what you're in and out of the huddle with. Um, you know, like we talked on the last one, just like him getting with his guys early. Um, and I think that's more so for receiver, you know, receivers and, mm-hmm. and running backs with timing things and just little intricacies of how people like the ball, where people like the ball, um, those types of things, you know, how, you know, where do you want the slant? Where do you want, you know, the out route, th- that type of stuff you'll learn throughout time. And I think it's important for him to get there now, but, um, yeah, I, I think like, it's like you said, stay healthy you know, build, build or build around this team, um, you know, hopefully utilize the draft and, uh, and, and get some pieces around him um, on top of what we already got and in some of those leaders and, uh, you know, just have a, a positive regression towards what, you know, what your career uh, with the Packers could be. Yeah. And I mm. the only, my only thought on that before we talk drafts is I think really as fans, we need to keep blinders on for the first like four to six weeks of the season. We can be, I agree with you. We love doesn't deserve that much of a cushion, but he at least deserves four to six weeks where For sure. yeah. we don't, we don't build him all the way up and he goes off and we're like, Oh my God, this guy is just like Rogers. It's just like, like the beat hasn't stopped. Or if he sucks, it's not like, Oh my God, we're going into the Lynn Dickey years of green Bay Packer football. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so I, I think it just needs, we just need to keep our eye on the ball here for, for really six weeks. And then, then yeah, you can start, start wondering about things, but to move to the draft, I think we always have people who are our guys. We're like drafted. It's like, that's somebody that I'd stand on the table. If I was in the war room, these are the guys that I want to on my team. And so as an exercise, you know, we're going to kind of do, I would say a draft. We're going to pick our three. Um, We'll kind of go back and forth and we'll talk about the players hopefully trying to change position. So it's not like three tight ends for one guy right, uh, that right. I don't think that would make it fun, but uh, just sort of doing that and, and going forward and talking about some of the guys in a little more detail as, as the Rogers stuff has emerged, as we know, there are more draft picks, there's more to play for. So who is that number one guy for you? Yeah. Um, I, I won't take the obvious one. Um, you can, which I, you, you, if you want him, like you can, I know. I, know I do. Um, I, I, you know, and we're talking about Jackson Smith and jig, but he, I won't, I won't use him, but I will say that the, you know, the, he kind of had a Jamar chase like season, right. Where he missed, he missed yep. most of the entire fall uh, with that hamstring injury. Um, but when you see him on the field, it's like, you, you can see it in this guy. Um, so I think that's I I'll just say as a collective I think that's that's everybody's that's on everybody's wish list. Now the Packers don't seem to in drafts do the I don't want to say logical thing. Um, they just don't seem to do what the majority thinks. They yeah um, they go they go across they go against the grain like it's yeah. just like 
no one really sees who they're drafting coming. And it just sort of, it never, you never really expect it. It's kind of like, you know, what the, what the fuck? I think there'll be people mad if the Packers took an offensive tackle. If that ends up, I won't spoil if they're, that's one of your guys, but it's like offensive tackle, I think would definitely be, you know, part of that mix where I think it would surprise some people, but I, I think those kind of the real ones, those who know, know that that might be why they're moving up or an edge rusher. And that's what they do instead of like, you know, first round. And they'll, they also might pull that in the second round or pull that, you know, in the third round where they trade up for somebody. You're like, what the fuck? Who this guy? Like, it yeah. doesn't make sense. And yeah, they do go against the grain a lot. And I will say, I think, you know, it's, it was nice to get the assets that we have. And I think it, it where I would move up, I would say, I think if, if JSN is there at 10, I think you move up then. Um, Interesting. I I, th- I just, I have a feeling between like 10 and us that he's going to be gone. If you kind of look at, um, you know, obviously the order, there's, there's teams in that range. Like I think Chicago potentially could, um, you know, I, I don't think they would add another receiver. Um, Philly, I just saw something today, like, that would be insane for them to add. I, I they yeah, have I think Jigma. I don't think it will. It, I think it's just a you know it's it's just smoke screen. It's yeah. Um, I mean it's silly season right now. Tennessee I, absolutely needs some more weapons on offense. Um, Houston also as well. Um, right before us. So like there are teams, um, you know, in that range where I, if he's there at ten, I would consider moving up for. Um, but if not, I, I'm totally, I totally am standing pat. My my first guy, um, is is Miles Murphy. I've always really liked yep. him. Six five, big guy. He's just one of those kind of just freak ends that has just this freakish size. He's freaky fast. Um, and we really haven't had even even Rashawn Gary is is I wouldn't say he's undersized, but he just doesn't have the length and the size of a guy like Miles Murphy. And if, you know, you combine a guy like that off the edge with a young, um, you know, Quay and, and Devondre in the middle, and then you eventually get uh, a healthy Rashawn, you've got guys coming off the edge. Um, Ingabare too. And, you got Preston and, you Williams. Know, you, you got, you know, Ingabare yeah. in, his, in his second year. Like, you've got some guys, and Miles Murphy probably for those first – you know, a few games might have to play a little bit more, but I think like that guy could be a generational defensive edge. Um, and and you just, don't worry, you don't worry about the Clemson thing. Like Clemson defenders have really not done well. Yeah, in, I mean, in, well, I mean, Cleveland Farrell is the one guy, right, that jumps off right. that was drafted real high, and and it, it, I mean, Alexander wasn't good. You know, as yeah, a I mean, there have been a few from uh, either Christian Watkins right or uh, well, yeah, yeah, from, that, well, he's, yeah, that's he's good. had a, a different. Uh, yeah, obviously a point. little bit different position, but um, I, I do like the pedigree of guys in you know that are playing that top competition. Um, you know, Clemson's always always going to be in that conversation, and, and obviously right. Brzee is another guy from Clemson. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I, he doesn't probably fit the mold of of the guys we typically go after, kind of like the long, lengthy guys. But man, for his size and 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 his athleticism, I I would love to get him at, at thirteen. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that would be that be a guy that I I would love. I'd be okay with. I I think that out of the edges that are available, I I would want him over Luke Van Ness, right? If it's if it's 100%. between the two, I don't I don't really want Luke Van Ness. I've kind of tagged him as a red flag guy in my opinion, 
Uh, so yeah, I I'm right there with you. I'm tempted. So I can, did, I, can I, I ask you? Can I ask you something quick? I don't know if you yeah. saw kind of the some of the the draft stuff around Will Levis today. Yeah. Um, how his odds have jumped. So for those that might not know, it sounds like somebody from his camp was told he was going to be drafted number one overall. Correct. Yeah. It, it, yes. I'm that is correct. Yes. Um, I'd love to get your take on that because I mean, just hearing that, just where where like the last couple of weeks and months have been with, you know, Stroud. Um, either at one or Bryce Young at one, like one of those two guys um, being one or two. And then really Will Anderson kind of fitting in that, probably that three or four spot. Jalen Carter's obviously bounced around. Um, but like the Will Levitt stuff is just so weird. And we talked about it, how he didn't throw at his pro day. Um, he didn't re- really do a lot of the stuff, didn't play in the bowl game. Um, and, you know, we questioned like, what what's he hiding? Like obviously the physical the more- tools are the more um, the more I think about it, it's a smoke screen. I originally I sent it to somebody and they're like, hey, it's a smoke screen, it's silly season. And sure. now that I'm thinking about it and actually like dialing in, what it is is it's Carolina trying to get the Colts to trade up to number one. Yeah. Carolina the Colts have been tied to Will Levis and Frank yeah. Wright coached with Indianapolis and he knows how that front office works. He knows how that front office thinks. I would not be surprised if it is them trying to get Indianapolis to trade up to the first pick and Carolina thinks, all right, whoever we want is going to be there for, maybe they want Stroud. Right. And they know, Mm -hmm. they know that the Texans aren't drafting Stroud and they're like, we think we can get Stroud at four. Now they run a risk, right? Because at three, which, but they might have enough picks with that bears pick and then what it takes to move up or move down from one to four, they might go back up to three and just be like, all right, Arizona, we're going to flip. And we're going to take it right there. If they're really insecure that somebody's going to come up for Stroud, but maybe that's, maybe that's the move. And, and the, Stroud, of, the Stroud stuff's interesting with like the new scoring of the, sure, the yeah. tests and, and it, how he's just, he, I don't want to say he's fallen, but like there's, there's been there, a bit of uncertainty with, right. with how low his test score was compared to some of the other guys and where they're at. I think, um, he, you know, he, what did he score like eleven or twelve Eight, or something? Eighteen or, or... is eighteen, and okay, then so there again. was some, there was something out where, oh, it wasn't that accurate, and like these, these aren't the actual numbers and stuff like that, and trying to kind of cover his ass. But I, I, I do think there is a way where Stroud has a fall. I mean, uh, we talked about it on Saturday on the Monday pod with Murph that there's been no teams tied to Anthony Richardson. That McShay and Daniel Jeremiah, two of the sharpest guys, do this. I've not heard one team tied to Anthony Richardson. So does that didn't, mean that uh, – Didn't Maurice that, Jones-Drew have him, like, number one in his mind? Yeah, but Maurice Jones-Drew, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, like, right, Maurice right. Jones, Maurice, it's just I, like, where are you getting I will, this from? I will dude? take – it's just him being different. Like, yeah, I'll take yeah. I'll take McShay and, and Daniel Jeremiah over Maurice Jones-Drew any day of the fucking week. But, right. yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, and that will impact what the Packers do. I, I'll stick in the first round. I'll I'll play and I'll say Smith Najiba. I mean, that is a guy that I look at and I say, all right, he compliments your offense. I don't agree with you that you should trade up for it. I just think if he's there, take it. If he's not, get our heart broken again. I think there are other slot guys, whether it's Jalen Hyatt, whether mm-hmm. it's Josh Downs. Um, I think you can get a slot guy in a different part of the draft. And that's, again, it's, it's Packer luck. It's how it's been. But it is what it is. Unless the only way I would trade up, I guess I'll, I'll caveat. I'll argue with myself. Only way I would trade up 
is if Jordan Love has said to Brian Gunacus, like, hey, look, I think we had this guy and it's like, we'll take off. Like, we'll go. And if Has you he earned really, that right yet? No, probably not. But, you know, they did it for Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase, right? And it worked out, right? Everyone little was different. Screaming. little different. Oh, right? to- totally different. And yeah. the, the honestly, the Joe Burrow example is Chicago. And if Chicago gets him, but I'm not going to, like, cry myself to sleep when Chicago gets him. Because Chicago is one of the worst offensive lines in football. And I know that's what Cincinnati was, but I just don't trust Justin Fields. Like, the Justin Fields sack numbers were staggering last year. They weren't even, like, kind of there. It was, like, one of the worst ever. So, the, please, don't don't draft an offensive lineman. But, yeah, I would be on the table for him. He's a perfect zone breaker. He's exactly what you want to do. He is – he can be a complete game wrecker. And you combine that with what you have with Watson and Dobbs, and you need skill positions. And this isn't a thing where you're like, we need a wide receiver, but we already have four or five of them. You don't have sure, them right now. Sure. So you need yeah. those guys. And even though you're going to get a little more money from the Rodgers cap thing, you're still not going to have enough to say, let's go trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, Probably not. So yeah. that's why I would still <laughs> – Another pipe dream. Right, exactly. And, and that's what a lot of this stuff is with the NFL – it's a little bit of basketball too, which we'll talk about later. But it's like, so yeah, I'll, I'll say JSN. Uh, but he's that he's definitely, I think, as I think about it, the first rounder I would stand on the table for the most out of it. Where the Packers are at thirteen, I think okay. Dalton Kincaid out unless you're trading down. Mm-hmm. I would rather, and I, I should steal your. Thumb and you're now. a Kincaid I'm, over Mayor guy. No, actually, what I like now, someone proposed this. I think it was Jacob Westerly on Twitter. It's like, how would you feel if the first three picks are uh, Jack Smith and Jibba trading up for Michael Mayer and uh, Felix uh, Anaduke Uzama from Kansas State? Okay. I would be – that would be like, you're good. Like, no notes. Like, I'm that's perfect. Like, I yeah. might need a cigarette because that would be <laughs> – that would be as good of a first start, a start that you could have really for the Packers. Yeah. Yeah, so – I'll kind of talk through my through my second guy. So I think if we go, my 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 dream one two right would be, I know I said um, yeah Miles Murphy, Murphy but um, I, ideally if if we could get Jackson Smith and Jigman at thirteen, um, man, I I just I I know he's not I know he's not big on your board, but man, passing up a a freak like Darnell Washington, I think you okay, get okay. Let's go. You get you get your offensive weapon, and then you get a kind of a combo of of a tight end and an extension of your offensive line in Washington. I I don't think he's gonna make it to the, that forty. I I really have a feeling he's going like late first, early like in that twenty five, thirty, thirty two, thirty five range. Um, I just I think too many teams are are not gonna pass up you know his size and athleticism. Um, I mean he's like generationally just a different type of athlete as far as 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 a tight end goes um honestly in and i know you guys talked about he you know wasn't even kind of the the more the most used tight end on his team but you know if you look at georgia like they're always stacked with talent and you know it's it's not um it's not the sexy thing to do is to throw to your tight ends all the time it's certainly not you know a guy that probably should be on the offensive line but um Man, what a weapon uh, Jordan Love could have on that edge. And really an excellent blocker. Um, and again, like I said, if you don't go with 
with an offensive weapon. Um, like if you if you go defense, then I'm not as as big on that. I'd I'd rather get like a Jalen Hyatt in the second round or or a weapon um, offensively more a, as a receiver. Um, but if we were to get a receiver, I, I'd like Darnell Washington um, as an extension of of your offensive line plus another tool and another weapon for uh, for Jordan to love to kind of work through. Yeah, I, I look, I, I like the idea. Um, I'm not big on Washington. I think my point on Washington really comes down to I, I worry that, it, okay, is he going to eat himself out of the league, first of all? Like, he, you know, not having <laughs> – no, I'm serious. Like, he is, he is like, a couple M&Ms away from holy shit as a tight end, right? And you saw it with Calvin Benjamin. You've seen it with other guys where I, I think you have to at least consider it. And maybe I'm being, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm thinking about it a little too much as someone who has to watch his weight. Like it's, but it's just one of those things where I do wonder about that. I also wonder, is it going to take time for him to be a legitimate tight end in the NFL? Now, if you want to sell me on the idea that you think Jace Josiah Deguerra is tight end number one and Darnell Washington's really just going to block and flare out and do a couple things, maybe. But I just look at Darnell Washington. I just don't know if he can be the tight end one that everybody expects him. I just, I just can't like I can't see it. And maybe, maybe I'm blinded by the size, and maybe it all just works together. But it's kind of like you know how quarterbacks six five and bigger have never really worked out. Like Brock Osweiler's a great example of that. Like sure. when you get to a certain height, it just doesn't work. I just wonder, is it is it too freaky that it's just not going to all come together and be and be what we expect it to be? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, totally all fair points. I just I like the size. I like, you know, like I said, being being kind of a, a twofold at a position where you can, no, I, I you get can it. add the, the blocking. I, I That's that's what I like. I just it just as a guy, like I said, I don't think I think the physical part of his game and. I just think there's going to be a team that that jumps earlier than that. Um, sure. Yeah, I, to where I, you know I I would be fine. Like I'm not going to you know bad an eye if if you know a, a team gets them before we do or because they they reached a little bit. But um, he's just he's just a, a guy I like, and it's it's no, it's, I, it's fun when you think about it. You know, no, the, no, no. The, listen, listen. Else. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna critique you there. I I think. I think it makes it makes a lot of sense, and uh, I will. I'll ask you this question before I go to my second guy. If they you're in the war room and they're like, "Hey, we could trade for 29. We're gonna either get Mayor or Washington." You're standing on the table for Washington over Mayor. Oh no, no. If Mayor's there, if it, so that that I mean it, that would yeah, be I know the, I know the trade it, right. So yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm still of the mindset of of Mayor and Kincaid. I mean, Mayor's your your all around, you know, old school tight end. Like pass does every you know pass block, run block, and do everything. Can catch the ball. Um, Kincaid is just a bigger receiver. Really, just has yeah. receiver skills and a tight end body. You know, still probably has some work to do with his blocking. Like those would guys we, are are one call, two. Would we call Kincaid Aaron Hernandez if he hadn't killed a bunch of people? Oh, jeez. Uh, no, I mean, he's got sorry. no. He, I mean, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, he's I, I got know. that. I, I, I should probably like, been a little more, little, little less crass about that. I apologize. But no, it's but like, you, I mean, he, he, I, I don't love the like, I, I don't love the fact that he's 
you know, more of that receiver as a, as a tight end. When you look at like guys like uh, Jay Sternberger didn't, didn't really fit the mold of like, I know he's your guy, but like didn't really fit the more like your traditional yes. um, block, get down the field type of tight end, uh, um, you know, more of a a, a, a smaller res- or a bigger receiver, excuse me. Um, but y- yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if, if we could, if we would play around with getting, you know, moving back or, you know, moving up from, you know, our, our second pick to try and find someone in that range. Um because I, I mean, if if the Packers don't go tight end, uh, you know, New England probably needs one. Um, yep. You know, yeah. there's there's a number they, there's a there's a number of teams that probably everybody in that, that 15 everybody to 20 can range. use everybody can use skill guys, right? There's only a few tight ends in this league where you're like, yeah, that's a reliable guy. Like Baltimore has one. Uh, you know, I think the Vikings with what they paid for Hawkinson, they feel like they mm-hmm. have one. And there are there are other ones too. Obviously Kansas City, right? Um, but it I don't think every I think there are always a need for skill players. And if you're like, we can figure out a way and we'll just figure it out. My second guy is Maisie Smith. I fucking love Maisie Smith. I think Maisie Smith's a dog. I think he pass rushes. I think he can stop the run. I think I know there are some character issues. I really don't care. Um, I think that's fine. You know, Jaron Reed had some character issues. They've brought Devontae Wyatt, a little yeah. immature, had some issues. If you worry about that the defensive line room would be too immature with Wyatt and Smith, you could sell me on that. But the dude is just a specimen. And yeah. I think they need help on that defensive line. That was one when I did the research, one of the things I, I uncovered was we're actually really not very deep when it comes to our D-line. Like, we lost Dean Lowry. Lancaster's been gone for forever. Um, we really only have about three guys right now. And so it's like kind of need more. And and I, I think that's a position that you're going to see at least one, if not two people get drafted in with what all the picks Packers have. So you don't worry about kind of the same issue with with just his overall sheer size and, and his issues with – you know, maintaining that weight. Now I know, I, yeah, I know that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a position that's required and um, you know, you know, Dantari Poe, I think was the, is the, the combination yeah. or the uh, comparison <laughs> that comes up a lot when you hear about him. Um, and you think about a guy that is, is weathered in, in, you know, defensive line and, and playing in the big 10, right. Against right. pretty heavy, like, and had really good success. Um so I, I don't I don't I don't hate that. I just I worry about kind of the same thing too, is like, man, those are big boys coming in and if they're not in the right, you know, and they're not in the right shape, like how, how long did it take Wyatt to get on the field this year because he wasn't in shape? Um, that could be a lot yeah. of you know, drive stuff, that could be some other stuff too. And I haven't heard, you know, I mean there there's obviously there there's a little bit there with him as well, but yeah. Um there he had he had guns in his car. Um that mm-hmm. was his like character issue thing. And it was a it was a bunch of guns. Like it wasn't just like, hey, I have a rifle. It was like, yeah, it was looking like KG headed to war for game seven kind of kind of guns. Mm-hmm. Uh but Keanu Benton would be another option, right? Yeah, I wouldn't put him in like my guy, but if we're talking IOLs, like I kind of sometimes hate the the Badgers aren't a farm system for the Packers, but I also think the Packers sometimes like actively try to avoid drafting Badgers too. So yeah, I mean, yeah. that would be to me, like that would be a fine, a fine pivot. And you're like, all right, that's, if that's where you're going, that's okay. But yeah, I, I like uh, Maisie Smith. I like Moro Ojamu from, uh, or Majama. 
from uh, Texas. I think I still butchered his name, but he's good too. So, like, I just know they need some in- inside linebacker, inside defensive mm-hmm. line, and I, I like Maisie Smith. If um, And I don't think he'll be there. If you had the choice between Maisie Smith and Brzee, who are you taking? I would take Brzee, but I, I, yeah, I don't think he's there unless it yeah. really falls. But, yeah, I mean, that's a situation. I'll, I will say I'll put it this way. If it's thirty pick thirty three, pick thirty four, and he's still there, and he fell out of the first round, then yeah, maybe you're going after him. Yeah. I, I did yeah. see something from Tom Pelisario today that some teams only have twenty first first round grades on guys. That there are only twenty guys in this draft that they say yeah. we have a first round grade on, which is crazy to me. But this is the thing, and I've had friends kill me for this in the past, and I I. Bang the table on this, but this is the exact reason why Jordan Love got drafted because that was the last first round grade for the Packers. And it's like, mm-hmm. how'd you not have a T Higgins rate? How did you not do this? And it's like, it's how they do the draft, man. I'm sorry. Like they, they have guys, they have first round grades for, and they, they don't have guys that they, you know, those are second round guys like Pittman and Higgins. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I, I've, I've just been thinking about this with, you know, all of the, you know, different pods in the, in the mocks that I've watched or, you know, looked at, I guess, um, is if you think of, of our drafts in the past and what the Packers traditionally do and, and the scores they traditionally look for and the size and the speed they look for more in like the skill side, I wonder, was that because you knew what you were getting with Rogers and you knew, you know, there was a specific type of guy that you wanted there, there maybe was, some conversation around like the type of guy that that Rodgers likes. I don't know that they had that type of of relationship as far as like Rodgers is in the war room or or leading up to like these are the types of guys that I like. Whereas Jordan Love is brand new. You you think that at LaFleur is going to kind of be able to run his offense as he wants and maybe we aren't hamstrung to the same quarterback we've had for, you know, almost two decades. Do they kind of shift the way that they they think a little bit and maybe go off kilter, which would I think would surprise everybody. I mean nothing nothing yeah. surprises us obviously in their drafts, but like they've got a certain RAS score guy that they like. They got a certain size and speed they like in their receivers. And a lot of the guys in the first, you know, first two rounds don't really fit if you look at what they typically go for, don't really fit that mold. No. Um no, they're a lot of undersized but, guys. You know, I, I just thought like you you've got a brand new quarterback. You know, do you kind of switch up your thinking a little bit with with your draft based on the fact that this is brand new? The offense is going to run completely different for the most part as what you know Rodgers might have ran it. Um, he's going to run the plays that are called. He's gonna you know he's not going to be checking out and calling things on his own as much as as Rodgers might have. Um, I don't know. I just I think that that's something maybe to 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 kind of keep an eye on is. You know, do they do we see you know in this first day do do we see them go you know traditional or do they surprise us? Do they go with who we think they should be going with? Um, and then in day two, you'll kind of see you know you know where the the draft shifts out for them. But yeah, just something I've kind of thought of thought about over the past you know couple of weeks is you know maybe this is you know a sign of of you know potentially looking to switch up the way they draft and the way they look at guys. So what you're saying is get ready for Bijan Robinson at 13, <laughs> and uh, which I mean, no I, way, no chance. No, no, I'm just, I'm just fucking, I'm just fucking around. Like, no, but like if, a JSN, like they don't draft no, yeah, first sure. round receivers. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, sure. No, you're you're right, and yeah, that would be a break of the mold. And if it ends up that they draft a wide receiver tight end back to back, I 
think I would have a slight issue with it just because I feel like there is need on defense. But it would mm-hmm. be like, yeah, we knew we were light on skill guys, and now we're we're just going to get great skill guys. And because we, to your point, don't have a generational quarterback, we need to put better guys around him. And I know that's that's like it's so it'll piss off so many people because it's like, well, why didn't you give Rodgers his weapons? It's like, well, Rodgers had some of these weapons. He just, you know, and who knows? I mean, so. And he had Devontae for how, you know, we have yeah. one year without Devontae. And, like, yeah, Devontae became one of the greatest receivers, yeah. you know, we've had, you know, that to wear a Packer uniform. Like, made he Jordy, had that weapon. Made Jordy Nelson's career, like, you know, it's right. like Jordy's nothing without that fucking guy. And so it's like Greg Jennings was so good with him. And Donald Driver had a late stage career with him or mostly middle to end. But anyways, who's your, who's your third guy? Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to take your guy. That's fine. Um, because he just is he just screams Packer, keep him in green and gold. Cody Motch, man, like North Dakota <laughs> State guy. The guy just looks like a Packer. He looks like he came from Green Bay. Um, grades really well. Um, I think he's still still he's still a work in progress, right? But I think you kind of look at the draft um of what we did last year in and kind of with Zach Tom and the flexibility we have with potentially moving him around. I think Motch has similar traits where maybe he moves inside, um, you know, down the line and, and he becomes, you know, more regarded. I think, you know, centers, the center position is obviously another one that, that needs to be looked at and jobs need to be on the line for that as well. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't watch a ton of, 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 of offensive line tape admittedly, but like he was a guy that kind of stood out. Um, you know, he, I did. Um, he's, he's everywhere. He's just, he's yeah, a big, he's just, he's just fun to watch. Like when you watch guys play offensive line, you want like those mean motherfuckers that like don't yeah, give a shit who they're going absolutely. against, like spitting, you know, spitting, you got, you know, it's not coming out of their nose. Like he just seems like one of those guys and just, man, he looks like a Packer and um, he'd be a great store. Yeah. And so I, I love that idea. I think that's a great one. It wasn't my pick. I will say I I've been wrestling with the fact that I, I like a lot of big 10 guys, which is like, I don't know what that says about me. Cause I, I'm between, well, I mean, look at, look at the history of big 10 linemen. I, there, well, well, no, it's not Skaronsky. No, it's, it's, it's either Sydney Brown or Sam Laporta. I'm going to go Sydney Brown. Just so okay. we have to talk about safety position. I just think I would not draft Brian branch. I, I worry that he just, the more Murph and I worked through it on Saturday and then we posted on Monday, like I was like, no way you're right. I, I don't think it makes sense to draft safety in the first round. Now that you're at 13, it really doesn't make sense to draft right, safety. Right. Now, if we want to put the mayor situation again and Brian branch has fallen in 29, would I, and mayor has been picked and you're like, okay, I can move back in the first round and get Brian branch at 29, 20, 20, 30. Yeah. Let's, makes let's have, let's, let's have a discussion. But I look at Sidney Brown, and he's played pretty much his entire career. He played in a system with Brett Bielema where they know that Illinois has done really well. They had some guys last year that succeeded out the box. And Devin Witherspoon, zero star. Now he's going to be first, you know, first top ten pick, you know, yep. something like that. Yep. It's like I like that idea because I think he can start right away. And I don't, I don't have to worry about a training wheels. He also knows what he is at safety. I like Jamie Robinson a lot too, but I just worry that Jamie's played all over. And it's like, what is he? Or is he a free safety? Is he a strong safety? Is he more like a nickel corner that's playing safety? Like, what is it? And like, yeah. I like his skill set. I almost went with him, but I I landed on him. I almost went really 
off the kilt and went with cornerback Julius Brentis from Kansas State, who mm-hmm. has like a massive vertical, uh, also has a massive wingspan, and they think he could play safety. And I'm like, but I, I would be really hesitant to put all my eggs in that basket. I kind of want a guy who's already played the position. Yeah. I, I am team no projects um, here at, for this draft. And that's kind of my thought. Like Antonio Johnson's the other guy that comes kind of yeah. comes up. He's kind of like your hybrid, you, you know, played a lot of corner in, in college, but pretty much I think his, his spot is safety, but he's six, three, which I mean, tall safety is like, you got to be really fucking good to be a tall safety in the league and got to be able to, you know, kind of move those hips. Um, he's another one I like and, uh, and, comes up and hits and does well so i like i I don't yeah i'm with you on on branch early like it doesn't make sense like if he falls great um but i i do think there's good quality not a super super strong safety class right um it's unfortunate because obviously it's it's one of the, the positions that the packers desperately need to fill um but i think there's good quality safeties um that can develop into to real starters in this league in that you know, second, third range for sure. Fourth, fourth for sure. No doubt. Yeah, I I agree. And so we'll have to see. It'll be exciting. Can't wait. Uh, should be a lot of fun. And we'll see where where the draft goes. So as mentioned at the start, Shakehead uh, will be doing a the Marquette Senior Bar Crawl. He will be at Brothers from one to four, and then after that, red, white, and blue to four to seven or four to nine. Uh, so one thirty to four thirty at Brothers, five oh, to nine at five uh, to nine. All right, at RWB. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I almost think it would be funny to just do like a vlog and see if you could hang, like I could hang with you for that full day and see if I'd make it. <laughs> I would, I would die. I think Duels. you'd be. I think you'd be all right. Oh, I would. I just have to put myself in another mindset. Um, and I don't think my wife would be too happy with me. But that's another story for another time. It's a good thing. Good thing if there is a game seven for the Bucks, it's not till Sunday because I that would really that would really fuck some things up. I mean, I think it'd be good for your business, but it would. I mean, that talk about a complete clusterfuck. That would be unbelievable. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's a, that's why I'm kind of glad I'm not. Uh, um, I'm not DJing on Friday because right. let's you know let's hope we get a game Friday. And um, I've just been part of some really bad <laughs> sports losses. Um, on nights that I've DJed and the, the DJ night is not important, obviously, I, yeah, it's a, you know, the, the weight of, of those games and, and season ending games, um, obviously make a lot, you know, make more or may mean more to me than, than a gig does. But man, like those, those nights are just like energy draining. Um, there's like, you can feel that there's no energy that, people you know people are feeling kind of the same way you are and i've I've been part of bucks i've been part of um the badgers man i remember um when um i think it was the elite eight or no oh yeah it was the chioza the chioza Chioza three yeah um what a game that was and yeah and I, i made the mistake of having having a song you know jump around queued up like on my um on my computer and still to this day I, I won't do like I won't do that, you know, regardless of what the team is. Like there's songs for every team that I can yeah, play. Green you know, and gold a for a little yeah. you know, you have the little two little Wade songs. Yeah. Oh, that's yep. humble. Oh man, that's and, that's and, bad. And, and that that shot happened and, and I was at Loaded Slate, which was obviously at the time a, a big yeah sports bar, certainly a big um, you know, badger bar. Um 
I was I was at RWB for uh, game six last year against Boston, um, where you just felt like, man, if they were going to win that series, it had to be tonight. It didn't. Um, I've been at uh, I've been at RWB and Plum another place, um, which is no longer around um, for for pa- both Packers uh, losses against San Francisco. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it, there's some of the worst, like I've had bad nights, but those are some of the worst nights. Um, even if like the crowd is, is, uh, is decent, it's just like the, the looming fact that you, that you know what happened earlier in the day and that likely one of your, your sports seasons is over is, is pretty damning. No, no one wants to be there. And so, but with bar crawls and what they are, I mean, I guess, (sighs) here's my thing with bar crawls. Like they sound great in theory, but they usually fall apart. Like you're like, Oh yeah, we're going to do this bar crawl. And we're, you know, share our troubles, obviously the example that always gets used. I remember you and I did one actually that was fun. Um, on North Avenue years ago, I yeah. forget what it was called. The turkey trot or the turkey. Yeah. Movement. That yeah. kicked ass. And we had, yeah. a, you got a turkey shirt out of it. Um, it was good. And it was a lot of fun. And I think, what makes a good bar call is you got to go to multiple bars, but like they do fall apart, especially when you're a large group. Like, and does that kind of make them overrated? Now I know you're doing it for your jobs. I don't want to get you in trouble here, but like, is there a part of it that is a little overrated in the sense? No, I'm I'm not surprised you're here. I'm going to say no. Um, Okay. Because what I think, I think what a bar crawl offers is what everybody loves to do. It's drink on a Saturday or a Sunday during the day, right? I I think there's a majority of people who would rather that than be in part of the nightclub scene because you're basically, with the exception of the few bars and nightclubs that aren't open for bar crawls, um, almost all of them are open. And so you get that kind of vibe, you get that kind of experience, um, and you're drinking during the day. Like there's, there's very few people that don't like to drink during the day, so you get to do that. And if you really want to, you don't have to fucking go all day or all night. Like you could be home, comfortable, good buzz, good drunk at eight o'clock, order some like shitty food and uh, and have like a decent sleep. Um, and you wake up Sunday and you're probably not feeling the greatest, but like you got a whole day to recover versus when you're out at night and you're getting home midnight, 2 a.m., whatever it is, you're not falling asleep till later and then your whole fucking Sunday is screwed, you know, based on your calendar. So right. I actually like it. Um, I just think there's a different, um, a more positive, different energy during the day. Um, there's, a, I just feel like the, the, the like camaraderie and the groups that you go with, you see a lot more groups of people. Um, I just think that's, that's totally different. Um, also like the music um, you can, you can kind of, and it depends on where you are, but like bar crawls, like you play everything. Um from like the corny, corny shit to hip hop. And it's, it's one of those days that everything works and you don't necessarily have to have a peak hour, which is, is really nice for, as part of a DJ, you, like as a DJ. You have, like you, can I interrupt real quick? Do you yeah. have a, do you have a, do you have like a darty mix essentially? Like, do you have stuff that like, you're like, <clears> this is day drinking music. This is stuff like, I know it's going to work. I might add a little more country because I always consider country part of day drinking. I don't know why, yeah. but like, I'm going to throw more country in the mix. I'm going to throw more sing-along shit. So like a, a Backstreet Boys, um, 
I know I, I can't believe when you, when I've been with you and high school musical comes on, everybody <laughs> is just, it is, everyone's fucking singing. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't realize the impact of high school musical. Again, this is, shows my age. Right. And, and I knew it was, it was popular when I was, you know, growing up, but still like it's whatever. And so is that kind of the approach then? Cause you say everything works. Is it like, is that kind yeah. of what we're talking about? Yeah, so I don't have uh like I don't have a folder based on like that, but I, I have a pop folder, I have a country folder, I have you know mashups, I have you know basically any type of genre you can think of, I have those broken down. Like I I'm I don't do it like everybody does their their folders differently. Some guys will do um their folders based on like the venue that they're at and like all the you know, all their music, like this is the Trinity folder, this is the yeah. RWE folder. This is the uh, Sophie folder, whatever. I don't do it like that because I think you kind of get pigeonholed into playing only what's in that folder versus, you yeah. know, kind of late leaving it broad. Vibe, but, uh, trust, trust the vibe. See where, yeah. see where the vibe's headed. See what, yeah. you know, kind of requests are coming in, right? And you know, I know you guys hate requests, but they come in, and it's like, all right, we're getting a lot of bad bunny tonight. Like now, I I might have to kind of go more reggaeton, more more of this, and and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I mean you hit it on the head. Like there's, there's definitely more room in the daytime stuff to play like the Taylor Swift's ton more, ton of country, especially like the Morgan Wallen right now. Oh, yeah. Um, Ton of country, ton of poppy, like sing along stuff. Taylor Swift obviously always works. Kelly Clarkson, like um, oh, Katy yeah. Perry, like all that stuff plays. Um, And then like, like I said, there's no peak hour. So like you can fucking, you can play your EDM bangers that you'd be playing at like, you know, midnight, one o'clock and, you know, be playing them at two or three o'clock in, in, in the afternoon and, and people are still jamming out to it. So like, that's what I like about it is like, there's, there's no pressure really as like a DJ to like build a crowd per se. The other thing the with that is just, just like, crowds just they come and go. Coming. Right. Yeah, and and keep going. I try not to, I, I, I kind of fell into just a weird, um, not a weird situation, but I, when I DJ the, the Shamrock shuffle, I DJ at Trinity for eight hours straight. And yeah. it was, I, and I don't like to like repeat songs. Certainly I don't like to repeat songs in like a four hour traditional set, but I was, you know, I was there for eight hours and I knew I was going to play a song in my first four hours that I was going to play again in, in, you know, my, uh, my last eight that, hour, yeah. or late last four yeah. hours. And it was just a matter of like, okay, I played this at seven thirty, and it's nine, like nine o'clock, which would you know, essentially four to eight, um, or like I think it was five to nine, and like ten to close, essentially, where it was like the window, sure. where I was like, shit, is this too soon? And you were, and the, what I worry about is more like, damn, the bartenders probably just heard this, and they're like, who's this DJ playing the same same song? Right. But at the end of the day, like nobody nobody really thinks about that, so it's like. Sometimes it's, you have to repeat songs, especially in um in bar crawl settings, because like your your the crowd you're gonna have for that first hour is gonna be different from the second, third, fourth. Totally, and it's kind of like one of those things where you think everybody's paying attention to you, but they're not. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on like no, what you're no, doing. It's, it's like it's like those bartenders are just getting out drinks, get out shots, right. and they're like, like yeah, maybe did we hear this? But you're like maybe that was another Taylor Swift song, and so yeah, but like. In terms of like how many bars you need to go to before you qualify as bar crawl, because I've definitely had shuffles where I've went to two bars and I'm like, I don't know if that's really like a bar crawl. Also, like the other part of sometimes the bar crawls that can be troublesome. I do agree. You made some really good points, and that I've kind of now rethought bar crawls in a sense. 
Uh, my problem sometimes though is I I don't know when to tap out, or I'll tap out and then I'll go back out, and that's just bad. Like <laughs> I'm too old for that. I need to that that I haven't done that in a long time. Actually, no, I did that back in like October or something like that. But, <laughs> I haven't done that. Well. Oh, I did that a couple months ago. <laughs> that's when we visited. That's when uh, Murph Fish and I visited you at Lucid. Um, I was uh, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I was out during the, the morning, and I came home. Had a cup of coffee and I went right back out. It was not a good idea. It's. Um, it, it, I think it's all just depends on the vibe of like your yeah. entire day, right? If you yeah. had a good day and you're like, "Damn, I don't want to. Oh, I don't want this night to end." I think it also has a lot to do with what's what's going on that night. Like, is yeah. is there somebody somewhere? Is there a game on where you know you don't right. want to be at home, like already tuned up at eight o'clock watching the Bucks game when I could be out enjoying it with my friends. Um, and so I think it all kind of depends on that. Like, luckily for, for Saturday, like there's, there's a game Friday, ideally. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's certain things that, um, you know, aren't going to necessarily mess with the crowd. And, uh, I will say like with, with the, I mean, yeah, there's going to be kids out in, I think they're like powder yellow or that's what they were last year. So they're going to, I mean, they're going to be like powder blue, something like that. I think, I think with a bar crawl. I will say this, like, it saves the degenerates from, like, the daytime stuff. Because if you're daytime drinking on a Saturday, like, unless there's something going on, like, if you're at Brothers and you're just out because you're out, like, <laughs> you got some yeah, weird, gotta, there's, there's got, some things there's, you should consider, right? There's like, a long look in the mirror there. If you just yeah. go to go out, like, I think there, it's a finite thing. Like, my dad has always been, he doesn't really have a cocktail till it's 5 o'clock. Like that's what his rule is. And he's like, Oh, five o'clock, like time for a cocktail. And sometimes he'll start a little bit early. Like it's not a hard, but I, and I think I have that. I'm a little earlier myself. Like it's like, if I'm drinking before three o'clock for no reason, like mm-hmm. that's kind of like, okay. Even yep. three feels early to me. Three thirty when I'm start. then I feel like the wheels have turned. Usually everything's done around the house. That I want to take care of. You're right. starting to settle into the night. You're trying to figure out what's going on, if you're going to do anything or just hang out at the house like that. And even then at three thirty, it's not to say you can't just shut down. You have to shut down and stop like working. You still could work, but having a beer. But yeah, it's, you know, I, I totally agree with you. It's just like if starting. You're, out, or, if you're out at one o'clock, two o'clock on a, on a Saturday and there's not a game watch that you're truly like watching or interested no. in. Like <laughs> it's a long look, some, long some look in the mirror. Long look in the mirror where you're just like, all right, what, what's going on here? Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great, like do's and don'ts of bar call. If you're not part of a bar call, don't, don't join it. Like that's, you know, I know we want, we want people to support shake him, but at the same time, like maybe Sophie's a better option for Saturday for a lot sure. of us, mm-hmm. which I love, like, you know, me, I'm a very big Sophie guy. I like Sophie. I think it's a top tier place. I think it's underrated, honestly, um, because People think, oh, it's a nightclub, and you this is loud in there. Like, of course, because it's. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not a nightclub because there's not there. You can get bottle Much, service, but it's very it's, intimate. It's yeah. kind of help yourself. It's pretty easy to get a drink there. I think the bartenders are very attentive. They do a really good job. Um. So yeah, I have nothing but good things to say. And yeah, maybe that's it. So maybe one of the do's and don'ts is just don't actually go if you're not invited. Like, don't, and don't and, and if you're you're not like most of us. You are not invited to this one. Like it's yeah. a senior bar crawl. 
for Marquette students. Like, right. You, I mean, if you were to buy, I don't think you can buy like a no. t-shirt and a cup and be part of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to go visit you at red, white, and blue at five o'clock or, you know, that's, that's, then you're at least like, it's, it's okay. But at, at the same time, doing red, white, and blue at our, like, I like red, white, and blue too for what it is. But that's one where I just hang out with you in like the DJ area because again, yeah. there are age limits on these things. I yeah. had I had a friend that will remain nameless who felt very uncomfortable there. He's like, I need to leave. Like he was with me. He's like, I gotta go. I'm like, I don't know about this, but like I get it. Like I guess like I, I'll respect that and understand where it comes mm-hmm. from. And I don't want to. There's more to that story, but I also don't want to call him out like completely. So, but sure. like there's, but yeah, it's. I hear you, but yeah, it's uh, I I think really with bar crawls, it's yeah to that point of getting home early, making sure that you keep eating throughout the day. That's all. Like you talk about eating at night, yep, like yep. don't like not like there are also places like grab a strip dog, grab, yeah. go to Brick Three, go to Ian's, like get some food. A lot I don't know a lot of these places probably won't be serving food, but older another actually sneaky one is Old German Beer Hall. They usually serve food on these days. Like mm-hmm. just go get a schnitzel real quick, like and that, and then you're fueled up. You're ready to go, yeah. and also you take a break from drinking, kind of. And you know, yeah, you know, eat before, you, if, like eat before if you can, oh, like totally. eat a lunch before you yeah. can. Don't fucking go crazy pregame. Like I, I, yeah. I, I'm talking again, like this is a public bar crawl, but um, yeah, just yeah, don't you <laughs> don't really more, need a pregame. This, this is, is more like a summer, like this is like a, a you could even say it's a guy early guide to summer day yeah. drinking because I think. Everybody in the summer, if it's like, oh, it's a nice day outside, then then the excuse to come go out, it's like, well, I guess it's nice outside. I'll, yeah. I'll have a few pops early. Why not? But yeah, so we're just helping the people, man. So it's uh, it's all good. And uh, well, I I hope you you get a good crowd. Uh, I mean, we do. I will say this: there are some Marquette fans who are our loyal listeners. I hope some of our students, I think, that follow follow me on Twitter. Uh, maybe they listen to so if they do see you um, that'd be that'd be awesome they were it's been a feisty group with the uh, jimmy butler tweet as we roll into the milwaukee bucks <laughs> um yep. that that was that's such a ridiculous story badger fans act like it's not a rivalry and then they just look for anything to latch on to same with uwm fans um got into it with mr jimmy lemke yesterday uh, <laughs> uh so there was that. Um, it was a little over the top, but what, what can you do? And I, I, I look at it, and what people missed my point, you know, who were arguing with me, I was like, look, they they should have waited until this morning. Uh, we're taping uh, Wednesday, yeah. or Tuesday morning. Should have just waited until Tuesday morning. I think it would have been a little less. You have to promote your alums. It's If you know Marquette basketball, you know that Jimmy Butler is the one guy they haven't been able to bring back. He still mm-hmm. has issues. Who the fuck knows why? Jimmy's a very weird guy. And I think they're trying to smooth that out. And I think Shaka wants Jimmy. Why wouldn't you want Jimmy Butler back? He's a top 20, top 30 NBA player. Of course mm-hmm. you want Jimmy Butler back in the mix. And so, yeah, man, I uh, I, I was really sort of, I, I wasn't, I was surprised at the reaction, but I have a, I have a bunch of questions to throw at you Bucks wise. Not related to that. First of all, do you, where would you say, do you think the Bucks have a shot? at the comeback, winning three straight games, and moving on to the second round. Man, I was dreading in talking about the Bucks after last night. Um, they have the team to do it, yeah, right? I mean, they've they've been down two games of four, um, you know, and, and obviously different circumstances. But 
Um, they absolutely have the pedigree. They have the guys. Um, but it's, um, you know, if, if I'm being honest, um, I think they win, win game five and I think they lose game six in Miami. That's just how I feel about it. Um, I, I think they have too much pride. Um, to, 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 you know, roll, to, roll over and die at home, um, uh, you know, tomorrow night or, you know, Wednesday Tonight, night. Yeah. Um, so I, I think game five, uh, I think you and I share the same kind of disdain and disgust for game three more than anything. Um, yeah. You know, I've mentioned it in group chats. I just, I thought they took Miami way too lightly from the start. Um, you know, if Giannis is playing, obviously this is, this is likely a different, different series but you know i fucking hated the Kyrie thing today also that pissed me off so much i don't know if you saw it about no i did so it was uh i think it was the, the two years to the date where he rolled his ankle um in yes. that buck series and he basically right. tweeted um you know everybody know he basically said everybody knows that if if i wasn't injured we would have won the championship that year it's, oh. that, that's pretty much like verbatim what he's, he tweeted and was like, if, everybody knows if I didn't get injured, we would have won the NBA championship that year. Injuries happen. Like, I don't care. Like if Kawhi doesn't roll his ankle against Golden State, what was that, 2016? Um, like the, the Warriors probably don't win that. You know what I mean? Like, so that right. injuries happen all the time. It's part of the playoffs. It's part of, of the game. Like that was such a fucking weak take. I hated that. I was starting to kind of like be, you know, get back on, on, respecting Kyrie a little bit and I'm like dude like you're just you're just trying to be relevant now and you're not even you're not even playing because you got traded to Dallas and you couldn't make it work um yeah so I yeah. thought that was such a fucking weak take just somebody who's not even in the playoffs right now Kyrie is a generational talent in my opinion like probably the best handle one of the best finishers in the lane I've, I've ever watched um but that was such a fucking weak take but I I digress <laughs> but um long story short yes they have the team to do it i just i i haven't liked what i've seen in the playoffs i don't know what is Giannis? 60 percent, maybe 70 percent. i mean the guy had a triple double last night with 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 being um you know less than 100 percent, which just kind of speaks to who he is but um man haven't haven't really liked what i've seen and and i talked a little bit about it um you know yesterday is like there was just to me, there's signs all year, and I don't want to. I, I don't want to talk like the season's over, but there were signs all year that that just really annoyed me. A lot of the big the big comebacks that we allowed yep. to teams, um, sure. some of the just like uncharacteristically, you know, terrible blowout losses, like you know, just things that don't scream like championship pedigree, um, you know, and then. The NBA things happen. We had the Bucks had some incredible comes back this year, comebacks this year as well. Um, but just some of the stuff throughout the year just made me question. Um, yeah, it's you know, I where mean, where this team is. It's all it's all fair, and I think you know I I feel like you're probably the how most Bucks fans are probably feeling right, where it's like think we could get Game Five, think we're not going to give it up, and then Game Six, it's probably a little bit too much. I personally have talked myself into a full-on comeback, and I thought it was really interesting. I kind of I love when this happens, where I'm on the treadmill watching first take. I don't know. I first takes third in command. It's usually whatever's on Bravo, Bar Rescue, and then first take. It's kind of how it works. Bravo is first. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I just man. love 
Like it's it's mindless television. I just oh, can it's watch. so bad, but it's so good. Yeah, I can just watch it and go. Like Vanderpump Rules, great. Send it, send me on my way. Um, and so that said, like I, I timed it perfectly where they just started talking about Bucksy, and you know they, it was all the tropes, and I didn't think anything was outrageous. But what I thought was really interesting was JJ Reddick, Tim Lagler, Stephen A. Smith. We're not ready to say this series is over. We're not ready to give this to the Heat. They were like, I'm not calling it. None of them wanted to be a meme. Basically, none of them were like, I'm not going to be the one that this gets clipped and it's shared out on Sunday when the Bucks have won in seven games. My thing and where I'm getting at is it took us a superhuman effort to beat the Bucks in game number four. Jimmy Butler, we'll talk about here in a second. Mm-hmm. He's gonna have a great. He's gonna have a great game, likely not in game in game number five. But he's not gonna have fifty six points. Okay, when you go back to Miami, he's not gonna have fifty six points. The amount of guys who've had multiple fifty point games in a series it doesn't happen. And the Bucks did their job in shutting down everybody else besides a few moments from Caleb Martin, a few moments from Duncan Robinson. Yeah, I think they can do this, and all the pressure goes back to Miami for Friday, and. You have to and we'll let's get into Jimmy Butler right now. Jimmy Butler, like you have to stop Jimmy Butler in the first quarter. That to me is the I mean, there's a there was the only read like the Bucks yes. probably would have blown this game open had yeah. it not it's not it's, it's not a fucking game. Like that's the, the parts that make me rip my head out are that part and the awful Bobby Porter stretch at the end of the third quarter. If that does that third quarter, they were up by 13, I think. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, Bobby just stopped forgetting. He forgot how to play fucking basketball. And mm-hmm. so, but going back to Jimmy Butler, it's like, get him off his spots. Make sure that he is not getting in a rhythm early on. Frustrate the fuck out of him. Take some fouls. I, I mentioned Jay Crowder, getting Jay Crowder back in the rotation just to foul guys. I know he's been terrible this series. I get that. But just have, just hit him a couple times. I guess Wes, Wes Matthews is back. He's off the injury report. So we're going to have Wes Matthews back. Mm-hmm. Fine. Another guy just to throw Frustrated at Jimmy him a Butler. little bit in that game. Yeah. In that game one, yeah. Just throw more dudes at Jimmy Butler. I was about shortening the bench a little bit in game number four. And now it's more I don't I don't mind elongating the bench to frustrate Jimmy Butler because that's the only thing. And but I guess the other route could be, and we'll get your take, like would would you just let Jimmy Butler try to go off again and shut everybody else around him so it's not a random Duncan Robinson game or Kyle Lowry game? Um, no, I mean, I, I'd still try to contain Jimmy. So he's shooting 63% from the field. Absolutely out fucking rages. When you look at the shots he gets, he's getting them in the lane. Like he's, he's shooting three. I think he's averaging three, three, three a game and he's shooting 53% from three. So he's hitting his shots and we're giving them like drew at times. It's like putting his hands down. Like you, you shoot the three and beat us that way. But he's hitting them. But the majority of the basket he gets are in the lane. And he obviously took Drew into the lane a lot, was more physical, it, you know, has him by a few inches. I think you need to put bigger guys on him. Um, I know Drew's our best on ball defender. Obviously, Chris didn't have much success at all against Jimmy. Um, I like throwing, you know, Giannis at him at possessions. I like throwing Jay Crowder in. Uh, this might sound crazy, but like Joe Ingles is a smart enough defender and he's long and lanky, certainly not fast enough, but if, you know, maybe you force him to, to take jump shots more than, than what he's taking. Again, he's got, Oh God. 
He's got 146 points in four games. The most he ever scored in a playoff series was 179, and that was against Boston last year, and that was a seven-game series. So, like, he's going off at, like, an unreal clip. He's going to get his. Um, but, like, I even said last night to a friend of mine, like, and I think I said it in the group chat, I was like, get, let him get 40 and let everybody else kind of be contained. But he had 56 is not 40. Right. And, you know, you have, you like, a, a, a nine, you know, a three for four performance from three from Duncan Robinson or a two big threes or one was a two from Caleb Martin. Like, those are enough to do that. That That's what we're asking for is to not let these guys go off and let, you know, and, and kind of let Jimmy go off. But that's kind of exactly what happened in, in game four. Now, he went off much more than anybody expected. Um, you know, key in part to that was was that first quarter. But um, I, I don't like I, – I, I, Drew is just not himself because he's just I, – I, maybe it's catching up to him, everything he did during the, the regular season. And now he's having to play one of the most physical players in the NBA – for 30, 35 minutes, however long he's on the court. Um, it's taken a lot out of him. He's got no legs in his jumper. I think he was one of seven, maybe one of eight from three yesterday. Uh, I mean, it, it was really, it was really tough to see that Drew's, you know, next to Giannis is my favorite buck. I love it, but you know, it was really tough to see him just struggle against, against Jimmy Butler um, defensively. I and then he, he tried to go at Jimmy offensively and, Got stripped a few possessions, had a really bad turnover. I think it was his only turnover, but only turnover um, somehow. Um, yeah, and, and it just it felt like a, a whole lot worse. I I do wonder is the move to put Giannis on Jimmy in the first quarter when he's his back's feeling good, when the like the pain in the back hasn't really set in. He might have had a shot before the game, whatever. And you put Giannis on him in the first quarter, get him off his spots. It might also free up Drew Holiday a little bit, let Drew Holiday potentially get cooking, and maybe that that gets him going offensively where he has less responsibility. It's like, hey, just guard Kyle Lowry, just guard Gabe Vincent, and we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And maybe also, too, to get Drew going, try to hunt that Gabe Vincent matchup. You saw that with Chris Middleton in the third quarter. It really worked out well. Like, Gabe Vincent cannot defend. Um, and there are a yeah. couple guys in the C team that aren't aren't good defenders, but the way that they've been blitzing uh, in terms of in, in pressuring Milwaukee right at the top has really prevented the Bucks from being able to hunt like I think you wanted to. So we talked about a lot of guys. Uh, you know, who do you think is that most important player for Game Five? And we could even say Game Six too if you want. Yeah, uh, I mean, this has to be honest. This has to be this. I, I I'm the guy. I'm getting us this game you know, kind of put it on your back, you know, <laughs> apropos just with the injury, yeah. but like, this has to be everybody move out the way. I'm getting mine. I'm going to give us this win. We'll figure out game six if I get it. But like, this has to be, you know, the moment where he, he takes over, you know, it's winter go home. Like he's, he's going to play. He's, you know, I think the rotation, like you said, I think, you know, Kristen drew and these guys should be right around that 40 minute mark. Um, like there's, there's no turning back now. Um, and so I think he just, he, he needs to take the, take the game by the horns, put the team on his back and, uh, and continue to attack it. You know, he didn't, that was one thing is, and then I don't know if his back, he didn't shoot. I don't think he shot a three yesterday. Um, uh, he, he did early. He did, he did in the first quarter, but that was it. Okay. Um, but he wasn't, he, he didn't seem to take or want to take a ton of, those mid range jump yeah. shots. He, you know, he seemed right. like he, he wanted to get to the lane and was and, and obviously had success doing that. 
um, you know, Bam got the the foul trouble early, um, which really forced Jimmy to have to, you know, to kind of be the guy um, in that first quarter. So you want to you, you want to see him attack. Um, you know, I I thought getting Bam out of the game would have helped, but you know, obviously, it, it there wasn't much. Of the it, I mean, it, it helped. It, it did that help first because. That you can see, quarter. I mean, you could also see Brooke like starting to cook and like, yeah. you know, get to his spots. Um, the pick and roll with Giannis and Brooke was was beautiful, pretty much all in that second half. Um, and I wish we would have went to Brooke a little bit more down the stretch, um, slow the game down. You know, a, a good free throw shooter should he get fouled, he's gonna get a good shot. Um, you know, I I just some of the stuff that Bud did um, rotationally also um, just wasn't crazy about it. Um, and uh, I, I'm not going to put it all, but like some of this, some of this was for sure. But when you watch these guys, you know, Chris continues to just make just dumb decisions every now and like, I, I think it's one a game. He'll throw a lob and it'll hit the backboard. It'll hit the rim or he'll overthrow a guy like it happens. I swear it happens once a game. And it, and he just has some of the most boneheaded plays on offense that usually tend to be turnovers. Um, and then just has so many lapses defensively. Um, he took a, re- I thought he took a really bad, that three at the top of the oh, key. I th- that was with, terrible. Yeah. Like, what was there? 20 seconds. On the, on, I mean, there, they couldn't have been more than 10 seconds if, if that into the shot clock. And I, I thought it was a terrible shot and, uh, and it, you know, it, it led to a, you know, a quick run out. So, um, everybody's got to be better. Like there's no excuses anymore. You're at home. Um, crowd's got to be into it early. Um, that's why yeah. I like Giannis attacking early, getting to the rim, um, I, I really want to, I also think Grayson, um, and I think I said in our chat, like has been a really underrated part. Um, I thought he's actually played really well, you know, defensively played really well, um, and has hit some really, really timely shots. Yeah. Um, Grayson hasn't Grayson. been as, hasn't been as aggressive as I probably would like, but, um, I, you know, I think getting him involved is, is important. Yeah, I, I think I like a lot what Grayson has done. And I, I agree with you on the honest. I'll just throw Drew. We talked about it already, but it's it's just get him going and figure out ways to get him going. Don't just you can't just have him be this defensive stalwart. While it's great to have that, it's like, you know, uh it's it there's more of that. So let's just say to your prediction, they they bow out on Friday. Does that cost Mike Boonholzer's job? Or do you think the Bucks stay the course, or do you want? I guess do you want them to stay the course, or do you think there it's time to kind of shake things up? And we'll also include: do they should they trade for Dame Lillard, who's yeah. going to get mentioned a lot? So this is something that I I was holding off on, um, probably for months. Like I've had this thought in my head for a really long time, and I didn't want to. I'm big in like not talking things into into existence. Sure, but a topic that I I wanted to bring on and, and talk about was was have we seen the best of of the trio that we have like ha- have we seen the best of them when you consider last year the injury to chris obviously the injury this year you know Giannis missing some time none of those guys are getting younger they're probably on you know the peak if not the on the downward trajectory of of their careers um Whereas I, I just don't, I mean, and Brooke too, you know, Brooke on is, you know, as much as he's been just so good this year, again, this we've talked about, it's not a young team at all. Like this team is not getting any younger. The injuries are, are you know, seem to stack up. Um, I don't, I don't think, 
there's stuff with Bud. I mean, the the some of the defensive stuff still just pisses me off. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, hate a, a, a shakeup at the position. I mean, um, and, but who's out there? Like, you're gonna Nick you're gonna Nurse. Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse is Nurse. the guy. He's, that's it, the only other guy I can see, think of. But like the Nick Nurse thing is this, do people just not want people don't probably watch enough like regular season basketball don't pay enough attention to bar, box scores nick go his homework for the people if you don't know go look at any raptor box score pick like a random ass february game he plays his starters 35 to 40 minutes a night he is yeah. hipster tips like he is tips like you he you guys out, yeah. totally and it got the job done and won them a championship in 2019. Now, maybe with a different mindset with how Giannis is, maybe he doesn't do it as much. And maybe that was just he was playing the hand that he was dealt. He is an extremely smart coach. And I do think like Giannis would learn a lot from yeah, Nick yeah. Nurse. That said, I, I have my reservations. I also think that he kind of wants to be the big dick in the cracker factory. Like he wants to be, there's an ego to Nick Nurse. I don't really think Bud has an ego. I think Bud's stubborn, but I don't think he has an yeah. ego. Um, I, I I would be fine if they went Charles Lee, and people are like, "Well, what's the difference between yeah. Charles Charles Lee and Bud?" And I'm like, "Well, like here's the thing: like Taylor Jenkins and Darvin Ham are doing things a little bit differently than, than Mike Boonels, right? Now, yeah. some of that again, Andrew Dell, but it, it, they're not just complete Bud disciples. There are moments where you're like, "Oh yeah, that reminds me of watching the Bucks, things like that." Yeah. But so. And I, for the Lillard part, I don't want Lillard. I don't. I'm going to be out there carrying the anti-Lillard flag. The man is owned $60 million at 38 years old. Absolutely fucking not. And you're like, yeah. well, we'll just figure it out. Like, that's $60 million. Like, I know the cap's going to go up. I get it. But that's not the guy I want. I don't really want Brad Beal either, who also works with the Middleton deal. And for the people who are – unfamiliar or no Middleton has a player option this year. He's going to pick it up. It's $47 million. Why wouldn't you? He is not yeah. playing like a $47 million player. He's going to pick up that option. So if he picks up that option, then you got to find somebody who's right around that 47 range. And really the three guys I found were CJ McCollum, Brad, Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard. Now McCollum's a little less money. Colum had a really bad year. Yeah. I think McCollum's a little more interesting. He's not as good of a defender. But to me, like, that's a guy where could you convince a team like New Orleans, hey, get a veteran like Chris Middleton and bring him in. Yeah, Yeah, Middleton plus Brandon Ingram plus uh, Jose Alvarado, different guys like, you know, Herb Jones. Like you, Mm -hmm. you could you could do that. Maybe, you know, you would need a bunch of pieces for Orlando. Like Orlando was a weirdly mentioned for Chris Middleton. But I don't know how you get Chris Middleton there unless it's a sign and trade because they don't have any they don't have any big roster and, and they're not trading any of their young core. So it's right. like we'll see, man. It's really interesting. But I am going to wave the anti Willard player. I don't know where I am with the coaching stuff. I think I I can see it getting stale and and like you don't want to like let it go too long. But also it's like is this just would would the Bucks be here if? They're playing the the Bulls or the Hawks. I don't think so. I know the Hawks won tonight. Great. But I, I think the Bucks would be winning both those series. You know, it would either be 2-2 heading into, heading into tonight or it would be 3-1 to the Bucks, even with the Giannis injuries. Yeah. Um, I love Damian Lillard. Um, I, I probably don't see it 
for the Bucks. Um, I just don't think it makes sense. He's he's one of my favorite players. Um, I, I would love to see him in a Bucks jersey. I just don't see how it works. Um, you know, if it's if it's Chris or if it's you know I, if it's Drew, whatever. I think it had to be Chris, but um, I just don't see it. I think it makes it super small and in, in in the front court. Uh, yeah, that's court. the other part. That's the other part. Um, that the basketball the basketball fit is also a a part of it, not just right. Sixty million dollars at age thirty eight. It's not like two wings, you know, six five, six six wings that, you know, you know Jalen Brown and Tatum. You know, it's not that. It's two very not not you know Drew's not small, but like two undersized guards. Like you can have one, you can't have two. Um, I love him, but yeah, I, I just don't see it. I, I I mentioned it in our group chat, and got me thinking a little bit today. And two maybe three years ago, there was the talk of of Chris and. And was Jimmy going to be in Miami? Um, I was of the mindset that I wanted that I. And now I'll, I'll preface. It was really easy to make the argument yesterday when you compared the two games. And Chris has done some incredible things for us in the playoffs um, over the past few years. Certainly don't have a championship without his effort in, in Atlanta. Right. But. Like it's it's that dog thing about just having a guy that is is gonna challenge your entire team, and I don't think the Bucks have that. I don't no. think they have a guy anymore. I, I think Giannis tries to be, but he's just he's too nice. Um, he doesn't have like, and I don't know if it's the Euro side of the game that you know just coming up and and not kind of that dirty gritty like, give me the ball, I'm gonna score. I'm going to get in your face if you do something wrong. I'm going to be the voice and I'm going to be the authority on this team. Um, the Bucks don't have that. They have a great relationship. They have great rapport with the other, with everybody. But when you see like Jimmy, like in Bam's face, in Kyle's face, like he's going to, he pissed a lot of people off. Obviously he did that in Minnesota. Um, pretty, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, no. pretty. Yeah. Young I mean, and, yeah. And, he, and Philly, I mean, he ran people the wrong way in Philly. I mean, think about how good the Sixers could be. Right. Oh my God. Right. If you had Harden, Butler, and Embiid, like how good would that team be if they would have just said, you know what, we think this Ben Simmons is a mental head case. But at that time, like Simmons had won, he was giving talks about for defensive player of the year. Like that's such a revisionist history on on Ben Simmons. Um, And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, man. And, We'll see what happens. And, and those those guys you mentioned before aren't that either. Like Brad Beal's not that guy. McCollum oh, God, is no, like the most no. soft spoken guy. I love CJ McCollum. Love his game. Um, I think him and Chris are very similar players. Um, you know, as far as offensively, what they offer. I think I, I think CJ is more of of a playmaker as far as a creator. Um, but I mean, Chris has good nights too. So um, I just you know the the guys you mentioned don't you know don't really um move move the the needle too much for me so right um you know this is this is you know we'll find out you know tomorrow yeah. or tonight i should say and then you know the rest of the series as it goes but man this is if, if if this goes down and things go awry you know and and they don't they don't see themselves in the next round it's it's going to be a really tough pill to swallow um just with with the expectations we had all year I will leave the people with this. You know, it's it's gate. We're watching a bunch of game fives. Boston couldn't close out Atlanta. 
Minnesota right now has a chance to either tie or take the lead with under a minute left. Edwards missed the shot. That was a push off on Jokic. Fat Serbian has got away with so much shit in the last minute of this game. It's an unbelievable how much Jokic has got away with. I, I've really did any gets called for. I mean, that's like Jimmy Butler yesterday. Like the guy <laughs> plays on his own rules. Um, that's ridiculous. But anyways, it's been, it's still going to be hard. Clippers are up seven are up six points. Like it, this. NBA Without is, that, that series is, if that puts just three, two, which I hope it does. I just fucking hate the Suns. I felt better when I saw that 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 Clippers went against the Suns after the Bucks lost, and I'm like, you guys lost to the Clippers without Kawhi and without Paul or without Paul George, and and now you guys might get a you might get a win without Kawhi as well at so, their at their um, home gym and, and like yep, but, and in so Phoenix, it's like, right? It's like so I I think like there is a way where things could change. It's just very predictable. At some point, a team's going to come back from being down three zero. Doesn't look like it's going to be Minnesota tonight unless a miracle. It, it's it's it there's there's a chance and we'll see what happens yeah. and i will i'll be up late with everybody reacting to whatever happens in game five and getting us and getting i'll us re- get ready for game six i'll just mention like miami's not an eight seed like no let's be honest about this like it pisses me off that they fucked around all year and this is where they're at but this was a team that was a shot away from the NBA Finals last year. Yeah, they were in the NBA Finals only, you know, two seasons removed from or three seasons with the bubble. Pretty much uh, the core of their team, you know, with the exception of some of the injuries to to Hero, like a, that's still the same team. Um, and it sucks that the Bucks have gotten matched up, and Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, and, and so, you know, they've 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 had a good game plan. Um, you know, again, the injuries play a part, but um, you know, if, if you're the deepest team in the NBA, you know, when, which you know I think they are, um, you know, and 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 have that championship pedigree, they should be able to to get this game five and and uh, and make make this a series again. So, absolutely, we, man. We will see. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, don't see DJ Shakehead out at brothers and red white and blue because it's not for you but if you're in the area you want to pop in and say hi he's there from 1 30 to 4 30 at brothers he is at red white and blue from five to nine and then he's at the sophie from nine to close so make sure if you're out go check him out um, at one of those places but again not necessarily your board crawl but again you're, if you're out if you're just wandering around meandering you know pop in have a, have a beer you enjoy some good music. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people watching, um, you probably would enjoy, you know, you do enjoy that too. So, all right, we'll take care. We'll, uh, we'll be back for another edition in a couple of weeks and, uh, we'll see you then. Later. Peace.